I'm the Nevada running back James Butler, and you're listening to Pack Center. What's up, Wolfpack? Thanks for tuning in to Pack Center. I'm your host, Jordan Burns, here with the sports specialist, Garrett Hirschberg. It was another good week for the Pack. Women's golf started their Mountain West tournament stint. Both baseball and softball won their series this week, and basketball's offseason is going strong. Marcus Marshall returned from his visit to the Portsmouth Invitational, but I'm not sure how happy he is about his performance. Although he had no shortage of playtime, only putting he only put up 23 points over three games. Garrett, I have a hard time believing he is satisfied with his performance. Yeah, being satisfied with his, I wouldn't say lack of playing time, because at Nevada he's used to playing those 40 minutes a game. But they gotta spread. They spread gotta the love spread a the bit. love. Yeah, and so I can't imagine he's satisfied because we've seen him shoot the ball lights out on occasion, going eight of ten against UNLV. While this game, like game two, he only went one of five from three, which is kind of a disappointing stat line. We would like to see Marcus Marshall become a better scorer because that he, score more because that is his forte. He is a scorer. We've seen it this season. Uh, he was the leading scorer for the Wolfpack, and so if he wants impressed scouts, he's got to get that scoring up. Sure, he is going up against better talent with all the other seniors, but you just gotta you just gotta outperform all of them. This is one of his last chances to really shine in front of some scouts, and I'm not sure he he did as well as we'd expected him to do. You know, this might have been one of his last chances. Yeah, who knows if he will be uh, invited to the, the college basketball combine and so scouts can then see his like versatility and whatnot. But, yeah, um, do I think Marcus will get drafted? Maybe late second round? I don't know about you, Jordan. How about you, Jordan? Honestly, after seeing his performance at the, at the pit, I'm not really sure. Once we see him get put up against some real, some real talent and not just the rest of the Mountain West, he really, he really struggled and – I'd like to see him, him go. I don't think the NBA is going to be uh, a home for him. I think he's, Right now. Right now. Uh, I think if I was Marcus, my focus would be more on the D-League or maybe overseas somewhere. Yeah, you bring up some good points. Uh, plus, he doesn't really have, like, the size. You mm-hmm. look at point guards, Curry's 6'3", uh, D'Angelo Russell's 6'5", um, Kyrie Irving six foot plus, but Marcus Marshall is not that tall. Plus, he's not really athletically built. Yeah, the he NBA seems, is, he seems scrawny. The NBA is moving up in height. up in height for uh, for the point guard position. Yeah, yeah. Um, you look at some of the other ones. Lonzo Ball, who's going to be a top five pick, is six six, and he's point guard. Markel Fultz six plus six foot plus. Um, I don't know if Marcus has the athleticism to keep up with the pace of the NBA. Sure, he kept up with his Nevada offense, but we've seen players fall off when they get from that college basketball pace to that NBA pace. Mm-hmm. He's not a high-energy dude. We've seen him in press conferences, and he's got a very like mellow persona about him. You know, he's not like DJ Fenner. When we when we'd see him, he was all smiles. He was. He was really upbeat and energetic, and Marcus would just sit there and be like, yeah, man, you know. Yeah. Um, I, you could see his demeanor in the in press conferences. Like, not that he didn't really want to be here. I don't know. I don't think, think as much as that. I think he's kind of like a low-energy type of guy, you know? And I think that's going to really affect his, his um, ability to play in the pros. 
is that he's not going to be he he doesn't have this like very outgoing personality and very um energetic lifestyle you know yeah and that's something that if you really want to burst on the scene and make your impact and tryouts you got to have that high energy you gotta you gotta show teams a reason why uh they want you on their team i mean cam oliver is not the most high energy person in a press conference either but he he can he can voice up you know he he his game is electrifying. His game is electrifying. But Marcus, even on the court, he's kind of got that more of like a meticulous feel, feel to him instead of that high energy, high athleticism feel. Yeah. Um, and I think looking at the position that he plays, he kind of needs that, especially going into an NBA um, atmosphere. Yeah, I, I completely agree. But let's move on. So we did talk about us having a really good week for offseason, right? Uh we landed a transfer, Marquise Letcher Ellis from Rice University. He chose Nevada for one uh, for a couple of reasons. One of them is to play alongside Josh Hall. They've been they've known each other since the eighth grade, and they've played prep ball. Now Ellis actually has a little bit of a connection with another Wolfpack player, Jordan Caroline. Um, he, Ellis played at Montverde Academy, Montverde Academy one year after Caroline did. Um, he went to. He then attended Rice. He was a three-star recruit. He averaged seven this past season. He averaged seven point seven points, four point nine rebounds, while shooting forty-seven percent from the field. Uh, the schools that were also interested in Ellis were Wichita State, Virginia Tech, and Iowa State. He he looks like a really great addition to the Wolfpack. the The problem is because he's going to be a tr- he's a transfer. He's not going to be able to play next year. No. But looking at him, he's very versatile and athletic. He's six foot seven. He's a forward. He's going to have a future here at Nevada. He's I haven't really seen film on him, but from what I'm looking at right now, he almost looks like built like Jordan Caroline. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a good replacement for Jordan Caroline when uh They might even play together. They might even play together. They might have a, a because one good he year. He will have 2 years of eligibility remaining. But then that comes to a, a question of that competition between the two of them, you know. The way that we play is more we don't up pace up pace, but we don't really play um, like stuck in our positions, you know. Yeah, one thing most likes is players who uh, can play multiple positions on the court, and that's something that's someone that's something that he looks for in transfers and players. Yeah, it's a very like he coached at the Warriors. It's a very warrior uh, mentality. You know, they don't really have players that play. They they kind of they move around a lot, you know. They're not always uh, stuck in their same spots. Yeah, like they could go small ball. They could go big. They could go tall, but they play up pace fast. They can uh, must conditions his players really well. Yeah, we talked to Jordan Caroline last week about the Tahoe runs in the off season. They're brutal, but it but you saw like you saw what it, what it does for the players. Mm-hmm. They can play full forty minutes and not be tired yeah, no. and be high energy the whole time. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, last week, we did announce that Deverell Ramsey was transferring. It was announced yesterday that he will be transferring to UC Santa Barbara in the Big West Conference. We wish him the best of luck. Yeah, the Big West might not have that all the competition, but UC Santa Barbara is a really nice school. <laughs> yeah, it is. He's going to be happy there. I mean, right on the beach and enjoying the sun. I don't think he's going to miss windy, cold wet snowy confused 
weather? Yeah, it's it's April here in Reno, man. There's there's no telling what's gonna happen with the weather. We had it snowed the other day. That that's pretty much it for basketball this week. We got we got a transfer guy in. We figured out where Deverell's going, and we talked a little bit about uh, Marshall and what we think is gonna happen with him. So let's move on to uh, to baseball. We talked so they they won their series this week, which is hallelujah. They haven't done that in a while. Yeah. They beat San Jose State two to one, uh, out of their three games. They lost the first one six to five. Uh, Marco Valenzuela. Valenzuela. Valenzuela hit his first collegiate home run. Yeah, it's a good it's a good accomplishment for him. Too bad they did lose that one. It's a yeah. close one though. Yeah, that's that's something we see in Nevada. Their losses are very close. Like it's a lot of one run games, one or two run games. In game two, they did one. They did win five four. Mark uh, Nawazeski pitched a complete game, only allowing two earned runs. Uh, game three, they did win six to two, so a little bit more room for comfort. Justin Bridgman went four or five on the night, scoring two runs, and Riley Ole pitched eight innings, striking out six. Big news for baseball: Mark Nawazeski was named the Mountain West Pitcher of the Week. Hey, we're making a name for ourselves here in Nevada. We, we've had a really rough beginning, and I'm really glad that we were able to win. Again, softball also won their series, this time against rival UNLV. They won 2-1. to one. Yeah. No one likes UNLV here. Uh, in game one, they won 2 to nothing. McKenna Eisenberg pitched a complete game shutout, striking out four. Game two was a little bit of a rough rough game. They lost 12-7. to seven. Raquel Martinez went 2-3 or three on the night, scoring two runs. And in Game Three, they handled UNLV, winning seven to two. This is the third straight series win for the Wolfpack, and McKenna Eisenberg pitched another complete game. Uh, she, this time, she struck out three, and Eisenberg's record now moves to thirteen and nine on the season. The Wolfpack uh, softball team is now twenty-two and seven overall, with eight with an eight and seven record in conference. I I think softball's got a good chance this year. I mean, they're gonna. I think they're. I think they're going to be able to compete in the Mountain West tournament. Definitely, if they have McKenna Eisenberg pitching every single game. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely their uh, their star player. She can every game that she plays, they win. Yeah, the Wolfpack uh, head to Lawrence, Kansas, uh, this weekend to face off against the Jayhawks. The real big news this week is women's golf. They start off their Mountain West tournament with 18 holes of 36 complete, and the pack sits at sixth place. They are 17 shots behind the tie-breaking leaders, SDSU, UNLV, and New Mexico, uh, who are all under one. That's fairly good for a team score. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, we're not, we wouldn't be too far behind if it wasn't for uh, two of our our golfers who have been kind of dragging us a little bit behind. We have Jordan uh, Kaiser, who was plus nine, and uh, Silent Co., who was plus 11. Yeah, I think they should have you out there golfing for them. They have me. I, I've been to the driving range once in my life. I I wonder how you would do. Would you shoot a plus 11? I don't think I would, like, get even close to the hole. We wish uh, women's golf the best of luck. For the rest of the Mountain West Tournament, and if any of them go to the NCAA Tournament, we wish you the best. Welcome to a new segment called Packing the Pros. Uh, this week, we got JaVale McGee, Colin Kaepernick, Brandon Marshall, and Don Jackson. 
I, I love JaVale McKee, and he's been on fire for the Warriors lately. He's in the playoffs with them and on their way to winning a ring. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> they still got a tough playoff. But, yeah, uh, JaVale has looked good this year uh, for the Warriors. I think he found a home. He should be starting if he's not. He should start every position. <laughs> Put him at point guard. Take out Curry? Yeah, take out Curry. Put Curry at center. Nah, JaVale can stay where he is. He's doing great. Yeah, but JaVale this season is averaging 6.1 points, uh, 3.2 rebounds, and one block per game, which is good. It's it's a good season for Nevada for a Nevada Nevada basketball alumni. Yeah, as Nevada doesn't have the most ba- notable basketball alumni, other than like Ramon Sessions. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in the end, he's really notable for us. But in the NBA, he's kind of a sleeper. But Javale McGee's definitely been making a name for himself. The Warriors have been really highlighting a lot of his good plays on their Instagram page, where he's making a lot of like clutch shots and a little cl- and a lot of clutch dunks. Uh, really good team player. Yeah, um, next next we have Don Jackson, who we've talked about a lot on this show. Last season, he made his NFL debut with the Green Bay Packers. He played in three games where he uh, ran the ball for – he had 10 carries for 32 yards. Now, the stats might not be the greatest, but it's still great to see a Nevada alumni playing in the NFL. On the Packers in his rookie in his rookie season, too. Yeah. Uh he was electrifying here at Nevada when he played, and it wasn't too long ago. We both were here when uh, he was here. He, him, and uh, James Butler both put up a thousand, uh, a thousand yards in in his final season. That's that's like something that's very rarely ever done. And you think about it, Nevada had Jackson and uh, Butler do it, and then a, when Kaepernick was here, they had three players all eclipse a thousand yards. So just imagine that, like having three different players run the ball for a thousand yards. It's a kind of incredible to see two people do it, both Jackson and Butler. But now seeing both of them, now seeing but seeing three people do it, far more incredible. Not to knock uh, what James Butler has done. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you you mentioned Kaepernick too. Kaepernick was probably. He's probably notably one of the best players to ever come out of Nevada. Kaepernick's the biggest name athletically to ever play here. They have him postered up everywhere on campus. At least they did. They at least they did that. They've started to to move away from that a little bit. But the Reno Airport, they have a whole section to him and everything. He played for my San Francisco 49ers. He went to the Super Bowl in 2012 uh, against the Ravens. They lost, but. That was really one of the seasons that I became a true fan of of football, and he's one of the reasons why I came to Nevada. So he's is he though? He he was the reason that I found out about Nevada. Mm. I would he put he kind of put Nevada on that on that national map, especially to a lot of people from the Bay Area, because we're so we're taught in school all about the UC system and CSU system. And then Kaepernick comes in, and everyone loves him because we all, everyone knows the 49ers. So like one, the, probably them and the Raiders are the biggest teams in, uh, in California. And we find out that he went to this little school in Reno, Nevada, and people looked into it. And he was one of the reasons why I came. And we had an amazing journalism program. And so, if it wasn't for Kaepernick, I don't know if I would have found this school. 
And then last season, we all know the Kaepernick controversy. That's a big one. How do you side? Uh, I'm for Kaepernick. I think that if you're going to protest and you're going to use your your public yourself as a public figure, the way that he did it um, sparked a lot of conversation, you know? And he did what – he tried his best to to get the conversation on track to what he wanted to talk about. The issue was the media took it in a different direction. I think Kaepernick chose the wrong platform platform to express his issues. Why do you think that? Kneeling before a preseason football game. Like, if if it weren't for the people there, uh, the people who took pictures, like, no one... It's a preseason football game. If if you really want to make an impact, wait till week one. He did it all season, though. I understand that. I understand he did it all season, but if you're going to start this, I'd say start in the regular season. Start day one. Why not? I don't know. I'm. Do I agree with what he's protesting for? Slightly. But that's that's another issue. But I think that if you look at it from a football side, he is a free agent. He should have been picked up by a team. You look at the court list of quarterbacks, you got G- Mike Glennon, Geno Smith, Josh McCowan, Brian Hoyer, Nick Foles, Chase Daniel, Aaron Murray, Matt Barkley. Did I read off one comp- competent quarterback? Uh, I like Nick Foles when he was on the Eagles. Yeah, he had one good year. Then he got traded away to the Rams, and, he's, and he was trash. No, but now he's back at the Eagles. Now he's back with the Eagles. That doesn't mean he's going to play. The Eagles got Carson Wentz. No, I, and I— So I think that if you— Kaepernick could be a starter in the NFL. You just got to put him on the right team. The Texans need a quarterback. The Browns always need a quarterback. The Jets need a quarterback. So I think that there are teams that need quarterbacks that I think Kaepernick could fit. Because Kaepernick didn't even have that bad of a season last year. His, uh, his numbers were he in only 12 games he played last year. He threw for 2,200 yards, 16 touchdowns while only throwing four picks. He also ran the ball for just just under 500 yards and two more touchdowns. He he'll definitely fit really well into a team, but it looks like he's been almost blacklisted from the NFL. No one wants the backlash that you get with the with the Colin Kaepernick uh, controversy, which is really sad because they're missing out on a great player and a great player that can bring your team to the next level. We talk about the Texans. That's the one thing. They have an amazing defense. They have uh, a solid running back, good wide receivers. They've The one thing they've missed is their their general-in-chief. They need that quarterback. They need that guy that can sling the ball down the field. And Colin Kaepernick is probably one of the most versatile players in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of teams will be hesitant, as you mentioned, hesitant to take a chance on Kaepernick. But when Kaepernick took his knee – his jersey sales went through the roof. He was number one in jersey sales for a bit. Just because both the backlash and the applause. But if Kavnick's not signed by a team by the regular season, I think his services will be used because, look, uh, injuries do happen. They are a part of the game. And if a playoff team loses their quarterback and they need one, I think Kavnick will probably be the best option. So I, I'm still hoping for Kaepernick to get a uh, starting or a role for opening day. 
Um, to what team? I don't know. I'm not a mind reader. But if Kaepernick's not signed by day one, he will play this year. He will be picked up by some team who needs a quarterback. The hard thing is for him is you need to find a team that fits his style. And he's he does have an unusual style. He was all, his, he was only extremely successful under Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, and well, you mentioned that after Harbaugh left, his offense got worse. Mm-hmm. His offensive lineman got like depleted. His receiving core was not good. His he lost his running back Frank Gore. Uh, so and also, if you look at the past couple of years, he's had to play under two different style of offenses. So it's kind of hard for you to get comfortable in one scheme when you not only are you not playing every day, playing every game, as we saw Kaepernick only played 12 games this year, but also having, having to change offensive styles. Yeah, that's really hard for uh, a quarterback to do. You know, you, you have your style. You know it works for you, especially for Colin Kaepernick. He, he's perfected his game, but when you move somewhere else, uh, and you're given a new coach, and you're told to do a different thing. You're not going to be successful. You're not going to be able to change up your game, especially when you're you're in the pros. You know, you, you've gotten as far as you have by playing your way, and now you're going to be forced to change somewhere else because that's how professional ball is. And then sometimes you fall under the radar because of it. Yeah, and I think it was kind of demoralizing for Kaepernick to know that he was splitting time in training camp with Blaine Gabbert a quarterback who hasn't had success in the NFL. While Kaepernick, on the other hand, led his team to three uh, three straight playoffs, including a Super Bowl appearance, and this is what this is what he gets. The only real thing that I can think about that is making it hard for, for teams to want to pick Colin Kaepernick up is that injury that he had. He had that, that labrum uh, repair surgery coming out of uh, not this last season, but the season before that. Um, and that's a brutal surgery. That's not easy. I went through the same thing um, it, when I was in high school, and it ended my sports career. So I could understand why people will be kind of uh, reluctant. Also, one one other reason why I think he's unsigned, I think he th- he thinks he's a $10 million quarterback. He's been paid that way before, though. He's been paid that way. And the way that the Niners paid him was because of his his success. And so, do I blame him? No. Do I think that he's worth $10 million? No. I think that he's maybe worth like 4 or $5 million a year. He's definitely a hot-headed quarterback, you know. He doesn't come that way on the field, but uh, I've heard off off the field he can be a little, um, a little cocky. Yeah, but he was also given the what was it the most valuable player award for the, from the Niners or the most valuable teammate award. That's got to say something. Like he's a good team, he's a team player, and I think that he'd be doing anything for a team that gave him a chance. I'm sure he's a leader out there, and and I agree with you. I think the NFL is really missing out on an opportunity to put in a great quarterback. Garrett, what team would you pick to pick up Kaepernick? What te- what team do I think will pick up Kaepernick? Or what or team that should? Um, what team should? Um, hmm. a lot of choices. I would think that the Browns would be a good choice. Um, 
They got a QB coach in Hugh Jackson. Sure, Robert Griffin III didn't work out. But now they got Brock Osweiler. Like, we saw what he did in Houston. It wasn't very good. So I think that he could be a good fit there. My issue with him going to the Browns is I think it might be okay for the Browns, but it'd be terrible for Kaepernick. Your career ends at the Browns. But where else are you going to go? Like, well, we, said, we mentioned the Texans earlier. Um, the issue is I don't know if the Texans' scheme really fits what Kaepernick does. See, I don't... I don't know. Plus, it's a, it might be a huge PR fiasco for a team to sign Kaepernick. And I don't know if that's a risk that teams are willing to take. I think, and that's the issue it, last season when he started doing the kneeling thing, that he pretty much, that was career so, suicide. If you don't, if he doesn't stop what he's doing, he's not going to get signed anywhere because no one wants to deal with the backlash Is, from it. The 49ers can... went through so much trying to, to, um, to combat all the negative, all the negativity from it. This is where we get into Broncos middle linebacker Brandon Marshall. Sure, he played here in Nevada. He was one of Cap's teammates. He believes that Cap should have been signed already. Um, also believes that he's bet Cap is better than all the other quarterbacks that have been signed. Now, I agree with both of these statements. Sure, Cap mm-hmm. should have been signed, and yes, he is better than all the other quarterbacks. None of these other quarterbacks have been to the Super Bowl before. Yeah, I think Kaepernick is the most veteran quarterback in the free agency. And the sad thing is, this it's either this injury or the PR nightmare that is holding him back from being signed to a team. Both, I think, are a little ridiculous to keep someone as good as he is, especially compared to anyone else. None of these other guys, when they've played, have had any sort of production. Yeah. And- Geno Smith a little bit when he's on the Jets. No. Just a little bit. No. Not nowhere close. No, to, that Geno Smith had a game where he threw for more interceptions than he did yards. That And then he got benched. But there was a season that Geno Smith's rookie season, he played well. His sophomore season, he slumped really, really hard. Yeah, and looking at, looking at his track record, he's uh, in his career with the Niners, he's thrown – for 72 touchdowns while only throwing 30 interceptions, threw the ball for 12,000 yards, ran the ball for 2,300 more yards. So I think that his track record proves that he could be a great player. You know, I think only time will tell what will happen with Colin Kaepernick. He needs to shave the afro. Yeah, definitely needs to get rid of the afro. I totally Go back to normal hair. But I think it's all going to come down to public perception, and if people can... can either accept what he did or forgive him for what he did, whatever, however your position is on it. But I'm going to leave it up to the, to the audience and the people in the NFL to figure this one out. And that's the end of our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to Pack Center week in and week out. This is our ninth show, and we're almost done with this semester. we got a couple more shows left. Again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at PackCenterNV. And a special thanks to the Reynolds School of Journalism, Wolfpack Radio, the Joe Crowley Student Union, and the Reno Bike Club for helping us produce this show as every week. Go Wolfpack!
Just forget the wins, it's the best to use Won't you follow me into the jungle?